We haven't talked about it much this week, and um, it seems like we're ramping up to something. Um, and I think we all know what's on the way. But um, Israeli forces backed by fighter jets and drones carried out another ground raid in Gaza overnight, um, second in as many days, uh, striking targets on the outskirts of Gaza City. And, of course, this is all believed to be in preparation for a full-scale ground invasion that is imminent. We do, but it's been imminent for a couple of weeks now, so we're not 100% sure what uh, what the timeline is. But the death toll uh, among Palestinians in Gaza has now surpassed 7,000, and the Palestinian Health Authority says that 2,900 of those deaths are children. So um, the tragedy continues to get larger and larger and larger all the way around on this one. Um, we're going to have a conversation now with retired Major General Dennis Thompson, fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute and at the University of Manitoba Centre for Defence and Security um, Studies. Uh, Major General, thank you for being here. Appreciate your time. Good to be on your show, Shay. Um, so we're seeing these incursions into Gaza by Israel, and obviously we're, we're setting the stage for some kind of ground invasion, right? That's what's going on? That's correct. I mean, Israel's stated aim is to destroy Hamas, and in order to do that, they need to go inside the Gaza Strip and root them out uh, physically. So what we're witnessing now are what the military calls shaping operations that have been going on for some time now, including the aerial bombardment, etc. While they, and these ground incursions, these, these latest raids, if you will, are interesting because if you watch the videos, you'll see that they're led by uh, these armored D9 bulldozers and accompanied by Markava tanks, which is which is the uh, high-end tank that the Israelis have, uh, in an effort, I believe, to to determine where they're actually going to insert their larger force. Because when they do go in, it will be to isolate various neighborhoods and clear, clear them with overwhelming numbers, um, including the tunnels underneath. And that's where the big challenge lies. And that's what they say. This is sort of an opportunity for the. It almost sounds like an intelligence gathering operation at this point to try and find out where the people are, the the enemy combatants are, where the hostages are, trying to get the lay of the land. But like you say, a lot of it is below the. It's all the tunnels, that network that they're going to have to deal with. Right, and this is what I mean. Now I'm just going to venture into a bit of speculation. These raids, uh, it's quite possible that the Israelis are leaving behind ground sensors when they when they depart in order to continue to collect intelligence that they can't get from the air. It's also interesting that the Merkava tank, if you look at it, has room in the back for four. So you could see where, because these, these events are occurring at night and Hamas doesn't have the same level of night vision as the Israeli Defense Forces do, they could leave people behind, technically, uh, either to blend in with the rest of the population or to perform what, what are called layback patrols. Uh, really? But eventually, they need to go in and uh, and enter the tunnel system, the so-called Gaza Metro, yeah. and clear it, including finding the, the hostages. Um, what's left to invade? I, I mean, I've seen the satellite pictures, like above ground, um, it's rubble in, in so many of these areas. Um, Hamas said yesterday that 50 hostages, Israelis, have been killed by these airstrikes. So, um, I mean, how much more... <laughs> aerial strikes can there be before there's really nothing left to invade? I mean, how long do you think this will go on before we see ground forces? I'm not sure that would be entirely speculative on my behalf, but I, what I think is interesting, if you look at those satellite photos, you'll see a lot of those uh, those bombed out, the ruins are in straight lines, and they probably trace the path of where the Israelis think the tunnels are, because they are dropping 
bunker buster bombs, if you will, but JDAMs is a technical term, to get as deep as possible and try and destroy the tunnel system from above. Uh, and yes, they're definitely taking risk that yeah. some hostages will be killed, and we're not sure if uh, if that's the case because it's difficult to verify the figures on on the uh, on Hamas's side. Are you surprised that after two weeks of this now? I mean, October seventh has started, so it's over two weeks. We're almost three weeks now uh, of mm-hmm. these bombardments. Hamas was still firing rockets into Tel Aviv yesterday. I mean, despite what's been going on, um, they have not neutralized Hamas, at least not yet. Well, it's an enormous uh, system, an enormous underground system, and it's very deep. I mean, in some cases, it's it's more than 20 meters deep. And I'm not an expert on uh, on these bunker busting bombs, but it's it's feasible that much of their infrastructure is still surviving, which is why they need to go in and root it out, sort of, uh, uh, you know, get inside the tunnel system and, and and root it out. And they do have units that are specially formed to do that. In fact, they've got probably the Israelis. I'm speaking of here one of the the world's best uh, tunnel combat training centers inside of their borders. So they're they're, they're able to do this, uh, but I, I think they're holding off largely because of the hostages and, and largely because some people have say, cited as many as half of the hostages, but at least 75 are foreign, are, are foreign uh, citizens, that clearly those governments are putting, including the Americans and the Germans and others and the British, and the French are putting pressure on uh, on Israel uh, not to act, uh, you know, too precipitously if yeah. they can negotiate their way out of this. That's what I was wondering. How important is that? We are seeing, I would think, somewhat of a softening when it comes to international support. Ultimately, it comes down to the United States, I think. Uh, and But we're also seeing more rhetoric out of the United States, like, as you say, to be careful, to be cautious, to try and have some sort of strategy to guard civilians um, in Palestine. We, we've now got over 7,000 Palestinians killed in Gaza. Um, how 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 important is it to Israel? Do you think they're, they're cognizant of that? They must be, but how much of an yes. impact does that have on what they're doing um, right. to have that support? Here's here's the issue. They they need to put strategy before emotion, and that's not what they're doing. I understand their anger, and and I felt similar anger because while I was the task force commander in Kandahar, 25 soldiers died on my watch. And every time a soldier dies, you're sad first, and then you're angry. Yeah, yeah. In this circumstance, we're talking about uh, not not uh, you know soldiers who 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 knew the risks and took them. Uh, but we're talking about a bunch of innocents, and so the the level of anger is difficult for us to understand on this side of the ocean. Uh, but what a commander needs to do, and what the leadership in Israel do needs to do, is rise above it. And as I said, put strategy before emotion, because the longer they sustain this bombardment, uh, and the, the the fact that yes, Hamas is a legitimate target, but collective punishment and avoidable civilian casualties are totally counterproductive to their international image. Yeah. And over time, it's going to erode, and they will be in a, in a situation where much of the international community is going to be screaming for them to stop. And, and I think some already are, right? I mean, we're well, already yes, yes. seeing that. Right, so there's talk of, uh, of um, a, a humanitarian pause, a ceasefire, and, and humanitarian corridors are all, all you know, pretty much the same term. From my perspective, the best thing that Israel could do is to open up a humanitarian corridor, which isn't necessarily a ceasefire, but it's a safe corridor through which 
more humanitarian assistance can flow. And the place to do that, frankly, is a crossing called Karim Shalom, which is at the very, very uh, southern tip of the Gaza Strip, about four kilometers away from the current crossing that they're using at Rafa. And it's purpose-built commercial uh, entry point into the, into the Gaza Strip, where they can, by the way, transfer fuel safely, because they've been doing it there for years. About 100 trucks a day would move through that, that or 100 truckloads of material would move through that crossing. So there are ways to do this. And I just think that the Israelis are, are so angry and want revenge uh, that, that they're blinded by this and they're not, they're not thinking, they're acting with their hearts. Um, the risk of a broader conflict always remains, and uh, certainly in the north we know what's going on with Lebanon, skirmishes taking place uh, with Hezbollah there every day, but also we've got the U.S. bombing uh, installations in Syria overnight in response to attacks that they sustained by Iranian-backed Syrian militants. I mean, it, is that risk continuing to escalate day by day as well? Well, yes, it is, but the U.S. has put in place. Well, let's go first of all talk about those uh, those attacks on the U.S. bases yeah. in Syria. Those are certainly serious. You're at the receiving end of them, but they're not that significant, and they're easy for the the U.S. to deal with. Uh, the more the real threat is Hezbollah with their hundred thousand fighters and over one hundred fifty thousand rockets, some of which are pre- precision guided munitions, not that different from the ones they provided to Russia. They need to be deterred, and that's why there are two carrier battle groups in the eastern Mediterranean now, and it's also why, it didn't get a lot of reporting in the news, no. why the U.S. on the 22nd of October deployed two uh, additional air defense batteries, one which is called a Terminal High Altitude Area Defense Anti-Ballistic Missile Battery, and the other one is a Patriot Missile Battery, which most people have heard about. Those are two land-based batteries that have been put in place in the, uh, <laughs> I'll just use the expression they use, in an undisclosed location in the eastern Mediterranean, but basically somewhere in Israel, to defend them against the potential of this really ramping up. But also the ships that are present have those capabilities to to knock down uh, ballistic missiles and to help Israel defend itself. Because if Hezbollah joins, it's going to be 10 times worse than Hamas's uh, strike. They won't get across the border, the ground border, with their ground forces because everybody's on high alert now, but they'll certainly be able to launch a devastating amount of uh, missiles and rockets towards Israel, which, incidentally, is why they have vacated um, 32, sorry, 42 northern uh, Israeli communities. Um, Major General, thank you so much for your insight and your analysis. I really do appreciate it. Thank you.